I've fallen in love and gotten comfortable with myself. It was quite a journey to go from the childhood I have where basically my desires were sin because the things that I wanted didn't fit into the box, like going to college, having a career. My biggest desire as a kid was to be a missionary and travel the world and make a difference. And I realized like that's the same calling I have on my life today. Welcome to the Riley June Show. I am your host, Riley June, intuition master coach and spiritual activator. This podcast is here to support you on your growth and ascension journey for those new to learning about their energy and for light leaders to set a standard in their work and practices within the industry. Running a multi six figure business as a light leader comes with great responsibility. And as I expand my work into the corners of the globe to help others reconnect with who they truly are, Just know your time spent here with me is held sacredly. And for light leaders, it's time to show up. We have a massive mission to raise the awareness of human consciousness in our globe. So let's get to work. Welcome back to another session. You may hear some kiddos in the background, but hashtag mom life. So we're going to roll with it. All right, today I have a very special guest, Rebecca Chamberlain, and she is someone that I was able to connect with through the Fast Foundations Mastermind that I joined last year, which was all about networking, personal development development with Chris and Lori Harder. It has honestly been such a transformational experience for me in my ability to really understand what it takes to drive and create a successful business upwards of multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars revenue per year and equally into the millions. And so what's so fascinating about this container that I want to share with you before we get into today's interview is that The more and more that I connect with people and their journey, now I speak about this often on Instagram if you follow me over there. You can find me at rileyjune.ca on basically every platform. But what I often talk about is the connection with God and how valuable, intangible, yet extremely important it really is. And I don't say this from a religious perspective. I say this from a relationship perspective. And why I'm sharing this with you and what I say on Instagram is that when you find God's grace in your life, in your energy, and you start turning your eyes and your heart to God, is that he will move mountains. He will move mountains. He will be the one that creates all those miraculous moments for you, though he is already doing them. I refer to him as he. I don't know why I'm specifying this because I get annoyed with the gender specificities, but I'm just going to reference it like that. (laughs) Um, Oh, Riley's in a mood today. Like not a bad mood. I'm just like in one of those spaces where sometimes you just kind of have enough of the world. Now I'm rambling, so we're going to get back on track so we can get into this interview because it's really, really good. So going backwards, these episodes are all unedited if you haven't realized already, um, is that when you turn your eyes to God, you start to realize that the burden you're carrying of having to figure everything out by yourself starts to go away. 
And in my life and with Phil's journey, if you've been following along, we've had incredible miraculous experiences come through with him having instantaneous overnight healings, having the most incredible people show up in our lives. Most recently, we had my mom who offered to pay for his private health treatments for his heart. It's something that we just weren't available for uh, monetarily wise. And she stepped up, well, both my parents did, and offered to support us in that. And that was honestly like, we never asked, we weren't expecting it. We were going to grind and hustle and figure it out ourselves like we normally do. But this time what was different is we started to turn our eyes to God and just ask and pray for the guidance and the courage to create and to experience what we needed to, to support Phil in this healing journey. And the next day, my mom ended up calling us and saying, hey, so I know that you know, Phil went to his treatment consultation and I know that it's a little bit out of your price point right now and I'd love to help you guys with it. And it was honestly just such a beautiful blessing. Um, but going back to the fast foundations and how we're going to tie this back now to that message is that the more and more that I connect with people, the more and more that I start to realize that those who are aligned with God, they have the most incredible experiences in life. They have weights lifted off of their shoulders, their hearts and their minds. They have miraculous experiences in of themselves, the perfect divine connections, the expansion, the opportunity, the trust, the faith, the, all the things starts to show up. And what's so beautiful about today's interview is it really is just one of those experiences. Rebecca is an expander member from the membership community and we have just connected on such a beautiful level. She has such an incredibly beautiful story and talks about her growing up in a religious, a very strict um, and abusive religious experience and finding her own way to God. And that journey is incomplete and she shares about that, which is really amazing and fascinating, um, but just how she's continued to find her own relationship with God as well beyond everything that's transpired. So I'm going to turn this over to her and I and our conversation, and I really truly hope you get so much value and just a greater perspective about what life is and, and can be for you as well. All right, take care, loves. I have a very special guest today. She is one of our expander members, and we actually connected through another membership. I believe it was the CLS experience. Is that correct? CLS and, and Fast Foundations. Oh, right. Yes. So this has been such a year of personal development and equally Rebecca, who's going to be sharing all of her life and her work and all the good stuff with you guys in a moment. Um, can probably speak to how this last year especially has been a big jump and leap into uncovering all the muck and sorting your way out <laughs> to the other side. So, <laughs> I'm so grateful for you being on here with us today. So I'm excited for you to share. I feel like a lot of people really resonate with your story and, and get a lot of insight in terms of what to, uh, or I should say hope on the other side of crazy experiences. So Rebecca, I'd love for you to start with just introducing yourself. Who are you and what, what's up in your world right now? Yeah, well, my name is Rebecca, like you said. I live in Wisconsin and um, looking out at some beautiful snow and I'm incredibly grateful to be here with you today and for all the listeners for taking the time to listen in and grow. Um, we value your time. A little bit about me. 
Um, currently, I'm the mother of four children and two bonus kiddos. So our lives are extremely full and busy. Um, I'm a realtor by day, but excited to be growing um, into uh, my passions by night and soon to be by day, I suppose you could say. Um, <laughs> my story is a little bit unique compared to a lot of people, um, but I'm actually truly grateful for it at this point in my life. I grew up in a religious cult. Um, if anybody's been watching the news and the Josh Duggar trial, I grew up inside of the same um, religious group that he is a part of. Um, and so my childhood looked quite different than the average person. Um, think communal living, dresses, um, very strict worldviews of what a woman was to do and a man was to do, um, very legalistic fundamentalism. Um, we have abided by a really black and white way of thinking. And that's all I knew. I didn't know or have connections with anybody from the outside world. So I dug into what I was taught and what I needed to do to the, earn the love of God. And I did it perfectly to the T. I was, you know, spot on all the time, even though I was dead inside. So that led from a childhood to an arranged marriage, which was like a living in hell on earth. Um, three beautiful children who obviously I love with my whole heart and a long journey of figuring out um, who I am and what I believe. Um, about five years ago, I did walk away from all of it. I just... I always knew from a young child that I was meant for something more. And I finally found the courage to walk away from it all. And um, I had three kids, $3,000, no high school diploma. I'd never lived on my own. I never had a job and we figured it out. And I'm incredibly grateful for the journey and what I've learned along the way. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's such a powerful story of truly the journey of perseverance, because a lot of people, even those who are, you know, they're just kind of starting to dig into their healing journey. They're like, oh man, I don't have the money to invest, or I don't know how to leave this partner that's mm -hmm. creating a lot of the chaos in my life. And for you to have, you know, essentially nothing and to do it anyways, is a really beautiful testament to how God will work with you um, always, no matter how perfect someone else defined that relationship to be. Yes. Uh, so I'd really love to know from you, what is your relationship with God? Like now having now being on the other side of a, mm -hmm. a construct so strict mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Before I answer that question, I want to speak to one thing you said and anybody who's feeling stuck and one, you know, not feeling like you have the resources or the finances to make the step you need to take for freedom. I never missed a bill. I never had what I needed the way I thought I would need it, but I always, always had what I needed and I always had it on time. And that's not because I'm special. That's because of God or the universe or whatever your tiny mustard seed of faith is in. That's how it works. And it's going to work the exact freaking way for you. So take the step. Mm. Now, my relationship with God has been a journey. So, um, you know, growing up, being taught the Bible in a very 
small sense, I felt like I had to fit in a box to be loved. And so I, I fit in that box perfectly because I thought I would be rewarded for it. And I believed that so deeply that I would sacrifice myself, my dignity, my safety to be re- what I thought was the reward of the, a fulfilling life, happy marriage, being loved by God. So when I walked away from all of that, I still had, I really believed, had some sort of faith and I didn't know what it was. As I walked away, obviously, like I said, I always had everything I needed, but a lot of things fell apart. Um, Most of my friendships besides like one fell apart. I went to the courtroom when we first filed for divorce and everybody I loved and was close to was in that courtroom with what was soon to be my ex-husband. And they had all turned against me. And I didn't, I didn't understand why I understand now that he shared stories that were simply that stories to, you know, feed his own ego. And so I definitely went through a very dark time where I would say, I didn't believe anything existed. I just believed it was me against the world. And if I had enough grit and enough perseverance and enough um, resilience, I would get through it. And I just head down, do the next thing, do the next thing, do the next thing, do the next thing. And, you know, looking back, there was just so much grief. I don't think at that time I was in a space where I could process it. So I did, I I head down and I got to a point where I could breathe, where I knew where my next paycheck was coming from. I knew, you know, we had a stable place to live. I knew I had everything I needed to survive and exist was more than taken care of. And that's when I really started to awaken to my faith again. And it's really interesting because I've been trying to define my belief system a lot more now um, than I have in the past years. And, you know, I would not say I'm a Christian. I would say that's part of my belief system, but it's so much more. And it's so much bigger than that. Like I see energy at work. You know, I physically see signs of the angels and God and the divine looking out for me and leading me every single day. Anytime I'm open to seeing it, you know, I dream, I, you know, have feelings. I, I hear what I need to hear. And so to me, it's so much more than what I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And as long as I confess my sins and forever and ever and ever and live <laughs> up to some standard, I'll go to heaven or whatever is after this. And now I believe that, you know, I'm here on this planet at this time for a reason. And I'm so grateful to be here and so grateful to expand and learn and grow and understand and harness the power that is at our fingertips. I think there is a quote that has inspired me since the darkest days of my life. And Jim Rohn said said something to the lines of um, basically that we can all grow as much as we want to grow and go as far as we want to go. And I truly believe that for all of us. Yeah. I really love the way that you explain that because in, I work with a lot of people who are, uh, Uh, how do I put this recovering Christians (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um, they, 
they speak to it in that same context where it was once a very linear perceived view of how it works to now they see it in a so much larger context that doesn't have words to explain it. Yeah. And that was the thing that they were always craving their life questioned and also was missing. And so it's really beautiful to not only listen to your story because I can feel and hear a lot of the grief that you have processed and moved through in regards to just what that life looked like and where you're at now, but also Mm -hmm. in the surrender of where you are, which I feel like it's really beautiful to acknowledge because so often we go through so much in life and with our heads down and when we take our heads up and we breathe for the first time, which seems like, oh my gosh, where did, how did I even get here? Um, We often get to have those reminders along the way where it's like, wow, like I did actually go through so much. And not only did I go through it, but I allowed myself to process it, to heal it to and to continue to heal it and, and look into it as no longer this daunting past or nightmare, but as you said, how you're grateful for it now. And so in terms of taking something to that degree of experience and turning it into a blessing what was really that moment of forgiveness for you that allowed you to see it through a different lens? Oh, I like this question. That goes back to my relationship with my dad, um, which obviously was broken um, because he, he led me through all of this. He made decisions that negatively affected not only my life, but three additional humans. And so once I left my previous husband and was getting my feet back from under me, um, my relationship with my dad was pretty rocky. And it got to the point that he was living out some of the past behaviors that had really hurt me. And so I was really clear with him. I just said, you know what? I love you. The boundary is these things hurt me deeply. I've worked really hard to get here. These are the things you're continuing to do. So I'm no longer accepting you as part of my life, except for you can contact me through letters. Otherwise, don't call me, don't text me. You know, I love you, but this is exactly where I'm at and here's why. And that was probably about 18 months of time passed that I didn't really talk to him. And I think that's when I really grieved. Um, I have a brother who still isn't, you know, in touch with me at all because of my choices. Um, And then the, the time with my dad. And I feel like that was the time when life had settled down and I wasn't grinding anymore. And I just grieved. I grieved the girl that I lost. I grieved the childhood I didn't have. I grieved the experiences that I didn't have. I grieved the dignity that I felt like I had lost for so long. Um, I grieved for my children. I grieved the pain I knew my dad had and why he was behaving the way he was. Um, I grieved the mistakes I made in my pain and trying to grow because it's not, it's not a linear path, guys. It's all over the pace and you're never going to do it perfectly. I sure as heck didn't. And I don't want everybody, anybody to think I did. It was dark. It was hard. I made mistakes. I hurt people. I hurt myself, but I took care of it. I took ownership of it. 
ownership of it and kept going. But then about 18 months later, I got a letter from my dad that was just so beautiful. And he had gone through, I'm so proud of him. He had gone through deep, deep counseling, like weekend intensives. And he had faced his demons. Yeah. And he's a different person now. And I think at that point, when I forgave him and saw the work that he did in himself and the way that we were changing generational cycles, that's when I opened back up and found peace. Wow. I don't even remember your question. <laughs> no, that's, that's exactly it. And, and I thank you for being so honest and real in your response, because I, though I never went through something to that extent, I have a very soft spot for my dad and just how he was raised. And, you know, our parents Mm -hmm. are truly a product of of what they know. And that was something interesting to me because it wasn't that my dad was abusive or negative or anything to that extent, but he was very closed off. He harbored a lot of resentment and guilt, Mm -hmm. not only towards himself, but also to the people in his life. And so Uh, as a father figure. And, you know, I I get the dynamic with my husband now and just how he's so much more nurturing and compassionate, but also still very much in that dominant leadership role with our kids. Mm -hmm. You know, I I can see where I didn't have that as a child. And so I'm grateful for it because it really created the the determination that I have now is my characteristic, but um, it's, it's such a beautiful thing. And I often speak to this and how your, your, unwillingness to have those hard conversations and to set those boundaries is one of, for lack of better terms, the worst things you can do. Because when you do have those conversations, you give the outcome to God and you say, this is what, where I'm at, and this is what I need. Mm -hmm. And you get to do what you do with that. And in your case, that hard, hard is probably not even like scratching the surface of how difficult that was that conversation that you had with him that boundary you set in turn allowed him to find something that he didn't know he was missing either in his life and it allowed him to be able to have the distance and space to really self-reflect right and Mm -hmm. so for a lot of people right now that are going through awakenings or you know healing journeys that first thing that always hits you is your relationships. You start to really reflect and review on who you're surrounding yourself with. And for a lot of people at this point, it's whatever's left of family and friends, which might not be the best options. And Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where you really get to come to this place of asking yourself, what do you need and what do you desire And then setting that standard and you really painted a beautiful picture of what that can look like. It doesn't always turn out that way, but it can. And I think that's, what's really important to take away from this is the hopefulness of it. You know, we try and hold on to something because of what we know in the chaos or the uncomfortability. It's okay. I can deal with it because I know how this is going to go. But you know, what you do is you potentially hurt that person more because in this case, your dad had the opportunity to, or I should say, chose the opportunity to actually look inward and, you know, do the work essentially. And 
Um, I really just, I love how you chose letters. I think that is just so profound in really bringing it back to simplistic communication. Mm -hmm. What, what made you think to only allow communication through letters? Because I could get a letter in the mail and not open it. Like Mm -hmm. I could read it on my terms. An email, it pops open, you're going to open it. A text comes in, you're going to look at it. You know, a phone call comes in, you're going to answer it. You're going to listen to the voicemail. But a letter I knew I could center myself and wait until I was ready and in a good spot to read it. Because I was so at a point in my life where I, I couldn't be bombarded with the distractions anymore and with the emotion that came with all of those distractions. And I needed to not negatively affect my present life. And that was the way I could do it. Wow. I love that. So simple, but so um, open, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. really beautiful. I'd love to know from you, Rebecca, and having gone through all of this and now being, in essence, on the other side of it, how has your ability to trust in life and opportunities really opened up for you? And what has been some of those physical manifestations of it? Ooh. I think on a personal level, I've fallen in love and gotten comfortable with myself. It was quite a journey to go from the childhood I have where basically my desires were sin because the things that I wanted didn't fit into the box, like going to college, having a career, My biggest desire as a kid was to be a missionary and travel the world and make a difference. And I realized like that's the same calling I have on my life today. I wanted to take a moment to introduce to you my favorite membership experience of all time. If you haven't already heard or been a part of the Expander membership community, this is a place where anyone on the beginning stages of their journey to finding who you are can come to learn about your energy, intuition, personal growth habits, and self-healing with others finding themselves too. Our weekly meditations will align you with new habits, guest experts to bring you deeper into your self journey, and monthly coaching and readings with me to guide you into alignment and expansion. Come and join us and swap your Netflix habit with a community healing into self-mastery today. I can't wait to see you inside. So I think coming home to myself, has been one of the most beautiful parts of all of it. Um, And then obviously, I think now living a life of financial abundance where I'm not worried about paying my bills and, you know, having a little extra to help other people or, you know, not being able to pursue my dreams because I need to work, you know, 60 or 80 hours a week. I think that's something that's just manifested this year and has been incredible and amazing to lean into. Yeah. Wow. Good for you. How have you found that that's created a positive influence on your children's lives? Mm. I'm a more present mom. Oh, that's the goal, isn't it? 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm able to, to stop and be with them, not be around them, be with them. Mm. Can you and speak to that precious. a little bit more? Um, so in the midst of our journey as a family, the last five years, just the four of us, you know, they've been incredibly resilient, but I wouldn't say that I showed up exactly the way that I wanted to for them in every season of this, because I really haven't. And, um, you know, they've had to adapt and adjust and, I think at times lived through things that I really wish they wouldn't have ever had to live through. But, um, you know, I, I always know I've done the very best that I could. And so going from just trying to make sure their needs were met to being emotionally available to care for them um, is just such a wonderful wonderful thing. And I think it's so easy for all of us as parents to get so caught up in doing all the things and having all the, um, stuff and being, it's so easy to be so distracted. And when we think back to our childhoods, like, what did we love? We didn't have Netflix and iPads, (laughs) Instagram or Facebook. Like we loved playing games and playing outside and getting in the car and having Dairy Queen at eight o'clock at night on a warm Saturday in our jammies, you know, and just getting back to that, getting back to the puzzles and the games and the books and fires and all of those things has just been incredible. And watching them, I mean, kids are so, they need so little, Yeah, you know, we think they need so much and they're just thrilled to make cookies. Yeah. You know, and I think, I don't know, the more we get back to the basics and learning what they love and just making that a priority, it's beautiful to see them flourish. Oh, I really love how you shared that because it's, it's so true. And and any parent that goes through their own healing journey, they have that ability to just say, I actually don't need to provide the biggest Christmas or all the video games. And actually, in fact, the thing that when you, um, I don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever taken the time to listen back to people's studies of uh, what they wanted or they remember from their childhood, and it always comes back to intentional time, whether it's what they wanted and they wish they had, yep. or it's what they got. Oh, yeah. And so yep. for a Absolutely. lot of parents, um, you know, in their 20s and 30s, and arguably even their 40s at this point, that kind of 30-year gap of parenthood right mm-hmm. now we're really seeing a generation that remembers what it was like back then and how we can bring that nostalgia, if you will, into the new generation, because this next 20, like the next 10 years or 10 uh, parents between 2000 and maybe 10 and up to 2030, they're going to be very much bred, if you will, through the video games and the Instagrams Mm -hmm. and all the tech Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And so having a generation, or I feel like everything really goes in 30 year cycles, um, that has that nostalgia that does the healing that brings back the simplicity. 
in a sense, we have the opportunity mm-hmm. to alter the way that the direction that humanity goes, because we have the knowing we've experienced it. We know what it's really like to be truly happy. And a lot of children are not getting that experience now because their parents are consumed in all the things. And, and, and I don't say this in, in lieu of shaming anyone who is caught up in all the mm-hmm. things in your life right now. And I know you don't either. But it's more so just about speaking to, you know, your story and how through the hardships and being in all of it, you chose to in little ways and then big ways, find your way out of it and then bring Mm -hmm. back the simplicity of intention, which Mm -hmm. is really our, the only thing we really have at the end of the day is our intention. And I think a good question to ask yourself if you're seeing it yourself getting caught up in all of the things and the distractions or what is your belief of what you lack as a parent like Mm -hmm. what is your belief about yourself and where you're falling short and instead of buying all the things go fix that because that's what your kids need or if it's just a belief and you take a good assessment of yourself and it's just a lie let it go and again, go show up for your kids. But it's so easy, I think, for parents to feel inadequate. And you're really all your kids need or want. It doesn't matter if you show up perfectly, but you're it. Yeah. You really are. That's why they chose us. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it's an <laughs> honor. <laughs> yeah, they're both our lesson and our mirror of reflection. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's so funny because growing up, I did a lot of dumb shit as kids always do. And I, my mom would always say, you wait till you have your own and you're going to see what this looks like. <laughs> and I blew it off every time. Yeah, okay. Oh, I know oh, better because I did it. Oh, I'll never get around me. And now I have my own kids and I'm like, wow, what a stupid thing for me to say. Like, it's so the opposite. Karma. My kids, like, like they're two, four and 10 on two, five and 10. And so my oldest is really just getting into that phase where she's discovering herself. And so she wants more freedom and where me, I'm like, oh, now I understand why my mom really roped in the reins on that one. And then for my youngest, my daughter, she's an absolute, uh, just energy ball of energy she is all over the place she will not sit down for you I all I say constantly is like this world is not prepared for a person like her I am going to have to teach her how to be an entrepreneur because no one's gonna hire her unless they're hiring her to revamp their entire company which most people (laughs) don't right but it's so funny in two my oldest is 13 so yeah (laughs) what go ahead sorry I said my oldest is 13, so I have the constant, I'm sorry, mother, (laughs) (laughs) for everything I put you through. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's just so, it's so fascinating becoming a parent. And for me, I really found that I didn't realize it's one of those things that society tells you you have to be, you have to be a parent, you have to have the kids. And for someone who i I wouldn't say that I necessarily didn't want it, but I never, it was never really something on my bucket list other than I assumed one day I would have it or be it. Uh, Actually now becoming it and realizing not only the level of responsibility that comes with it, but also the self-integrity that is required as well. 
And I think more importantly, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too, is that what I have learned more from my kids above anything else is how I cannot mold them like I want them to be. They, I get to learn how to just hold space for them and their energy individually. That is so true. <laughs> um, I think the biggest lesson I had in to speak to that. So mm. I still have the challenge of co-parenting my children with my previous husband. And that adds a whole extra layer to my parenting journey and what I've learned just because they really have two different set of standards and lifestyles yeah. that they live inside. Um, and that's a total by conscious choice by me. Um, you know, typically we're encouraged to try to keep things pretty normal between the two houses, which I truly think is best for the kids. But when the values of the other household don't align with your values, you really do at the end of the day have to stand up for your own aligned values. Yeah. Um, and so holding space for kiddos is just something I practice regularly and it's not easy. It's, you know, there's so many times I just wish I could beat the truth into their heads, not, you know, <laughs> get the truth into their heads is what I'm trying to say, yeah. like get it into their hearts and their souls. But anyway, holding space for them. Um, my 10 year old expresses her thoughts through her emotions. And finally, instead of, you know, arguing at all with them, you know, or trying everything we know to do, I finally just listened to everything that she had to say and totally um, just told her it was all okay. And it was like, I mean, everything coming out of her mouth to, I hate you, to the F-bomb, to this. I'm like, well, I can see why you feel that way. Yeah, but you know, I've gone through times like that too. And she just went on and on screaming and yelling. And from that moment, she's been a different kid. Wow. She just needs to get and it I, out. Yeah. It's all about holding space for them to process, teaching them how to do it within a container that's not hurting other people and letting them be who they are inside of those boundaries. And I don't have it figured out. <laughs> I'm not going to act like I do. Yeah, me either. We, uh, we co-parent our oldest daughter with my husband's ex. And so I very much understand having families with two different values, um, mm -hmm. which is, uh, I think, especially with the given state of the world, it's very challenging. <laughs> but <laughs> I equally, agree with you. <laughs> yeah, equally one of those opportunities where you're like, oh, okay, so I'm supposed to pull back and ask what I need to learn here. Oh, okay, that's yeah. not annoying at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, not at all. So, like the healing journey, the applying the tools isn't always clear cut. Like, oh, this is a rainbow moment. Let's apply that tool. Mm -hmm. It's like, holy fuck, I want to apply that tool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. And I think it comes out more through our children than any other facet of our lives especially when it comes to presence. Yeah. yeah. Well, Rebecca, I want to be cognizant of your time and I've really enjoyed our conversation thus far, but I would love to know one last question from you and that would be, or I have one last question for you. And that would be to anyone who's really just finding the, themselves, 
what would you say to that person? Get quiet and lean into your knowing. If it's chaos, that's leaning into your fear. If it's quiet and determined and strong, that's your knowing. And find little things you can do, actions you can take to lean into that. Is it wearing high heels to become more confident or red lipstick or buying a crystal, just one, or turning on a meditation, even though you're scared of it? It doesn't matter what it is, but do something that aligns with that quiet knowing and see what happens and be ready for miracles. Oh, I love that. So hopeful and, and yet so profound and simple because it really is in that, I always say one degree shifts at a time and you really eloquently spoke exactly mm -hmm. to that. So thank you. Yeah. Well, Rebecca, tell everyone. You can't take you it all on at once. <laughs> yeah yeah no you can't it, it then becomes just the chaos <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. well rebecca i'd love for you to let everyone know where they can find you what you have going on in your world yes so you can find me the best place to find me is instagram um becca b-e-k-a dot chamberlain c-h-a-m-b-e-r-l-a-i-n um, by the time you're listening to this my landing page should be done it's just about complete and that'll be a link in my bio um, what i'm working towards the next year is creating a membership and it's crazy that our conversation went this way for separated or divorced parents to help um help each other grow in resilience and parenting and all the things that go along with it. Um, so stay tuned for that. That'll launch early sometime early that next year. I don't have a date for that. And then I also am getting into some speaking and sharing my story. I've been inspired over the years to take courageous action by hearing other people's stories. And now my purpose is to do the same for others. Um, so I'd love to connect with you on Instagram. Feel free to shoot me a DM. I'd love to hear your story. And again, if you've made it to the end, I'm so grateful you spent this time with us today. Yeah. Wow. Your services couldn't be more necessary and relevant coming out of 2020 and 2021. Yes. <laughs> yes. A, that is a divine soul mission if I've ever heard one. <laughs> it's a conversation we just don't have. It's not normal to talk about the struggles of co-parenting or even just the grief of dropping your children off. And you know what? We we need to have those conversations and we need to all grow and our children deserve for us to all come together and just be a little bit better each time they're with us so that they have the best foundation they possibly can. Yeah, I can really speak to the necessity of that because when my husband and his ex-wife split, his daughter would throw an absolute meltdown tantrum emotional like mm -hmm. you almost exorcism in just not yep. wanting to leave him and yep. the emotional impact and where that that had on him was something that there wasn't resources to look for, to understand it, to decompress from it, to navigate any of it. And so I can really see how what yep. you're going to do and provide is extremely valuable because yep. 
children don't know anything other than their emotions and parents very much if they're stuck in the mess of that experience too don't know what to do with it because they don't know what to do with themselves so yeah that's a really valuable level of support that you're about to bring to this world so good for you good i'm excited for it all right well you guys go and check rebecca out she is definitely someone you're going to want to be getting familiarized with her her world and her work and even just her because she is such a beautiful gifted person who has so much love and heart to give so all the details for everything is going to be in the show notes for you guys and you can go and check her out all right until next time don't forget to find the magic in today hey Before you go, I wanted to take a moment to just thank you so much for tuning in with me each and every week. If you weren't already aware, new episodes drop on Mondays. If you could please be so kind as to screenshot this episode, tag me on Instagram at Riley June with your biggest takeaway, or if you know someone who could really use the insight and guidance provided to you in this session today, I would love for you to go ahead and share this directly to them. I look forward to continuing to bring you insight, guidance, and self-mastery activation tools that you can implement into your life now to truly evolve and become the divine expander that you are. All right, I cannot wait to chat with you soon. And remember, don't forget to go and find the magic in today.